You're listening to Heart Food Podcast, episode 15. Welcome to Heart Food Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, nutritional therapy practitioner and private chef. This is a show that tells you the truth about food, nutrition, movement, mental health, mindfulness, and body image, all with a hefty dose of real talk. This show is aimed to inspire you, up-level your mindset, and make you feel more confident and comfortable in your own skin, inside and out. To find the show notes for each episode and to sign up for my weekly newsletter sent out on Thursdays, visit ashleypardo.com. Find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Ashley K. Pardo. If you have a question to be answered on this podcast, please email it to heartfoodpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Welcome back to Heart Food Podcast for a very special episode. It's probably going to be my favorite episode to date, something that is super, a super long time in the making, and that is my story, the details of my story. I realized last week while I was on a call with my coach that I had not really shared the full spectrum of my story with you guys. I'd kind of like glossed over it. I spoke briefly about it in the episode that I did with my two best friends, Carla and Michelle, but there's many things that I have not spoken about, even though I have been healed from them for a long time, like many years, at least five years or so. But I don't know. I guess I was still scared and I've just been doing a ton of scary stuff lately. If you follow me on Instagram and on Facebook and you listen to this podcast or you're on my newsletter, I actually announced this week that I am launching a free seven-day e-course and live training called Food Freedom School. And this is kind of the culmination of... 20 plus years of my own experience, at least 10 years of knowledge and education that I've spent learning about food and nutrition. And definitely for the past five years, doing so much experimentation on myself with what really works for food freedom. And I feel like I've really achieved it for the past several years. And I never thought that I would get to this place and maintain a size that I feel amazing at. And it's not really about how I look. It's about how I feel in my body. And I want to share that with you. And I want the same thing for you. Chances are, if you listen to this podcast, that you might struggle with food or you have struggled with food at some point. And the thing is, if you have this struggle, it's something that kind of stays with you for such a long time because it's hardwired into our brains, which is so interesting, but expected, especially if we go through things that steer us in a way to view food as a mechanism to kind of leave ourselves or to control or whatever else we decide to do. But Food Freedom School will be a seven-day free school that 
I will be going live in a private Facebook group in which I will be giving you an invite. I'll be going live every day for seven days, talking about a topic where you guys will be able to interact with me and ask me live questions. And then also in the group, you'll be able to speak with each other and have access to me. And every day after the live training, I will be sending an email that's super nice and organized, just the way that I work with all of the information that I talked about. So when you're in the training, you won't have to be, you know, super paying attention. I mean, you will have to pay attention obviously, but I really want you to be present and I don't want you to have to worry about taking notes as much because you will be getting everything I mean, after the fact. So I just want you to be present. I want you to absorb it and to listen without worrying about writing everything down. And I created this training because it's what, it's what I wish I would have learned many years ago, it would have saved me so much suffering and pain that I went through with food. And I'm in such a different place right now. And I want that for you. That is the whole point of this podcast and my business. So if you want to join, there will be a link in the show notes. You can also go to my Instagram profile at Ashley K Pardo. You can go to my link in in my link in my bio and sign up right there. It's super easy to sign up, but I really thought that this was a perfect time to finally share with you the details of what I've been through and what I've lived through and have come out on the other side, such a better person, a stronger person and grateful. I know that everybody kind of says that when they go through a hard time, but I am grateful for what I've been through because if not, I wouldn't be here today feeling like I have a mission in life to help people out of this world that we put ourselves in with food and our bodies. And I literally probably hear from, or I even speak to at least a a woman a day who goes through this and who thinks that they can never get out of it. And I really want to share my story for a few reasons. I want to share it because I want to help anybody that might resonate with my past. I've really been through a lot and to be totally real, I'm so hundred percent nervous right now to share this, but I know I'm not the only one that goes through this. I think sometimes when we go through stuff, we think I'm the only one who ever went through this and therefore I'm a freak and a weirdo, but I know by sharing that is really what brings people to you because they resonate with you. I know that the writers and the authors, is that the same thing? (laughs) But pretty much the people that I admire, I look at them with such admiration and respect because they have shared their full stories and because I can relate to them and know that they are human. And I want you to feel that same way about me. And I've been through too much to not share it. So if you've been through anything that I'm going to talk about, I want to offer you healing and the ability to be heard, validated, and seen for what you have gone through. I also want you to know that it's possible to change. Not like change a little bit, but it's possible to profoundly change who you are at your core. And one caveat here 
you have to change from the inside. Outside change is awesome, and I totally respect anybody who wants to make an outside change. I know a lot of people vilify that, but you get to decide what you do with your body. And But the, the thing is that outside change will never be sustainable unless we make an internal change. If you have your inside change and you really deal with and look at what's in there, your, your outside will change automatically and by default. And that's kind of an interesting concept. It can be really confusing, but that's something that I will be talking about in Food Freedom School as well. Um, but we want to have the outside change happen from an internal place because then you will get to keep whatever you ch- whatever changes you make and you will be able to live for the rest of your life in a healthy, sustainable, happy, enjoyable way with your food. There is nothing better than that. And I know that I have taken a 180 degree turn from who I used to be, especially when I was a young girl. I really have so much compassion for who I was then. I honestly didn't know that there was any other way to be. And when I think of who I am now, I just look back at that child and we all also have an inner child that needs to be healed as well. But I have so much compassion because I was so hard on myself and I honestly just didn't know that there was a way out or an alternative or that I could speak up and and say something about how I felt. And I want you to know that if you're going through that, you can get through it. You deserve to be heard. People deserve to, you know, people should validate your feelings. You should surround yourself with people that do. And that's why I am going to be talking about all of this today. So I kind of talked about this in the first episode of this podcast and just kind of like how I grew up and kind of my whole journey that I've been through. I kind of hate that word journey, but I guess that's what it is. But growing up, you know, I had my, grew up with my parents in Miami, obviously, and my little sister, my mom always kept really healthy food in the house. There was never any quote unquote bad, even though I hate saying that word, but there was never really any unhealthy food nothing processed or anything like that. It was never in the house. So we always ate home cooked meals that my grandmother would make because she would pick us up from school every day. If you heard the podcast with my mom, we talked about that, but pretty much would always have home cooked meals. But I, when I look back at my childhood, you know, for the most part, it was very happy. My parents really gave us everything and they gave us an amazing life, everything that we've wanted, so many opportunities and education and travel. And they instilled so many amazing values in me and my sister, but I really had no idea what healthy food was. If I had no idea what it was like to feel good in my body, I had zero awareness of my mind or my process or like feeling good or bad. I just like went along for the ride, whatever that was. I was like, I didn't even know that I could think for myself and I was extremely shy. I had low self-confidence, low self-esteem. I literally did not know what it was like to speak up for myself, to say what I wanted or to say that I was allowed or that it was allowed for me to speak up or say things. I didn't know 
I honestly, I don't know how else to say that, but I did not know that those things were an option. I just kind of always went along and just said, okay, and was a people pleaser. And I remember that when I was younger, uh, we were doing superlatives in one of my classes and this girl was like, oh, Ashley's the most courteous. And that really struck me back then because I was like, if you really get to know me, I am a courteous person, but not the most courteous or polite, but I realized that that's how people saw me. Somebody who tiptoed around everybody and always tried to make sure that everyone was okay, didn't want to stir anything up, no conflict. So it was like, okay, whatever, stuff everything down. Like, But again, I had no awareness of what I was feeling or even if I was feeling everything from such a really young age. And also my parents just kind of took control of our lives and, you know, not in a bad way, but they decided what schools to send us to and, um, you know, just say like, Hey, this is what we're going to do today or whatever. And I'm like, okay. So I really didn't know if there was ever anything going on with me or anything. Like I just didn't even know if that was an option. Like I said, And in my classes when I was younger in school, I was always larger and taller than most of the girls in my class who were like petite and tiny and cute. I had really bad acne, like really, really bad. I went on Accutane when I was 14, even though right now I'm still talking about like the earlier years. And I got my boobs when I was like 10. I got my period when I was 10. And I I remember my mom got me a sports bra and I would take, not a sports bra, just like a regular training bra. And I went to a private school, so I would wear a jumper that had a shirt and shorts underneath. And for PE, we would take off the jumper and we would just like be running around in our shirt and shorts. And before PE, I would take off the training bra, but still kind of wear it around my waist, which like did nothing. And then the shirt was like kind of see-through, but because I couldn't handle people knowing that I was like more advanced in puberty than them. Like I just didn't even know what that meant or what was happening to me or what that was. I was just like, I'm this girl who feels kind of lonely, can't even speak up or anything. When I got my period, I was with my grandma at her house, and I think my mom was on a business trip or something, and my dad too, and she took me to the Sanrio store, if you live in Miami, the one that was in um, Sunset Drug Store, and she bought me all these things, but it's like I didn't even know that that was like something to be celebrated or even like this big thing. I'm like, oh, I just have like stuff coming out of my underwear, and this is what's happening, but... Uh, I, once I began to realize that I was larger and more developed, I just thought I was a weirdo in my class. And when I was a teenager, no boys liked me, even though that, even though I, you know, was kind of, maybe I had like a crush on them or whatever. A lot of my friends had like mutual crushes with boys and even boyfriends, like, a quote unquote boyfriend. I mean, what type of boyfriend can you have when you're like 10? Um, at this point, my family kind of became, kind of began to comment about, uh, my weight, but there was a turning point that I really remember. And that was when I was probably 11 or 12 and I was at my neighbor's house on her trampoline with her little sister. And my friend was very petite and the little sister was saying something about size 
And she's like, oh, you're, she goes to her sister. Oh, you're a one. And Ashley's a one and a half. And that's when I really realized that people might've seen me as larger. And then because of that, a weirdo and a freak, not necessarily larger, just different than the norm, whatever that means. I know that there's a lot of stuff going on now with like political correctness and what you can say, but back then I just felt different and I just felt like an outcast and like I didn't belong because of all these things that were happening to me. That was kind of like what I thought of my body and my self-esteem. It was just like not in a good place and nothing bad happened back then. I was just like, would live in my own little world, like la la la. And I still had friends and everything, but from the time I was little, from the time that I could remember, I would binge. Anytime that I had the opportunity to eat something that I longed and dreamed for, because it was not allowed in my house when I was younger, I would go crazy on it and I would go overboard, like literally any opportunity. And this was just because, not necessarily even because I was hungry, I don't even think I knew what that felt like in my body, like true hunger. I didn't realize that till like 10 years ago. I would just like eat because something was there. And I would go on these binges and I would hide food. Again, if you listen to my mom's episode, she would find spoons underneath my bed. Even like when I would go to my aunt's house, my godmother's, I would sneak chocolate and I would just go overboard and eat in secret and do all these things with food because I always thought that it was scarce because it wasn't allowed. And this was the only opportunity that I had to have it. So I had to have it all. And I remember when I was little, I would go on these trips with my parents and often we would stay in hotels that had like a breakfast buffet or something. And I remember being like seven or eight years old and going ham. (laughs) I never saw, I never thought I'd say that word. Um, going ham on a breakfast buffet, literally eight years old getting four plates of food. I can't even handle as a 32-year-old adult, like I'll get one plate and I'm good, maybe two plates, but, and then like I'm good for a really long time, but to be surrounded by waffles and pancakes and chocolate syrup and bacon and M&Ms that would all go on the plate and that I would eat and get seconds of, that was heaven to me. I mean, I'm putting myself back there. And it was like angel singing, hallelujah. Here I am with my pancakes. I can finally have them. And that really was something that I did every time that I got the chance to, you know, if I was at friends' houses and we would bake cookies, I would always overstuff myself. And again, this was from the time that I can remember maybe five, six, seven, eight years old, up until, I mean, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, uh, doing this, this binging like behaviors and stuff. And I remember one day I was at my grandmother's house and who really loved to feed me. And I remember one day I ate too much and I was like, you know what, if I don't feel good, I can just take, this is really hard for me to say, but I can just take the easy way out and I can just throw up and it's fine. It'll be fine if I just do that. It's an easy button. That's what Glennon Doyle says, um, that 
I can un- undo everything I just did. I got the pleasure from eating all that food. It was awesome. And now I feel like crap. So I'll just throw it up and like everything is back to normal. And the thing is that I never did the whole like binging process, like knowing that I would throw up. It was always like, oh shit, what did I just do? Now I have to undo it. And I never told anybody this until like, 10 years ago, maybe, or eight years ago, I kept it all inside. And it was something that really, I didn't think was that big of a deal. Like I really didn't know what was going on. I didn't even know that that could have been an eating disorder, which it obviously was, but I didn't even know that that was something that people did. And that was like this actual thing that could be a problem. I was like, this is just an automatic reaction to what I just did because I feel so restricted overall and I feel like I can't feel my own hunger and I feel like I am this uncontrollable person. So I'll just do this other thing to make it all go away. Again, no awareness for what was going on in my body, no awareness what was going on in my brain or anything. And that was, that's crazy to me looking back that I didn't tell anybody. I don't know if anybody noticed, obviously not because my family is very caring, but, um, so that's something that I did pretty much all throughout high school, probably till I was 18 or so. It was, it wasn't something that would happen very often. It wasn't something that would happen like even once a week, I don't think, or daily, definitely not. But the fact that it still happened on a frequent-ish basis for many years. And looking back, I can't even remember the specific time frame. But the fact that it happened that long is something that is of concern, obviously, looking back. But once I turned 18, I was just so happy to go to college. And my focus kind of went to college and... Um, moving on to that next phase of my life and being super excited and moving and having my own apartment and oh my God. So we all know, and I know now that eating disorders are an issue that actually don't have anything to do with food. They have to do with an underlying thing. And that is something that I know very well now. And I say, to my clients, to people that I speak with, that it's never really about the food. But when I went to college, I went nuts. I would drink three to four times a week, definitely with the goal of getting drunk. I was doing some drugs. I was just doing anything that I could to get out of my body. Just woo, having fun, like feeling such, like I grew up in such a bubble that I just wanted to go wild. And I did. And I still got good grades and I graduated from college and everything. But back then, you know, in your early twenties and late teens, you have a different body that is able to recover much quicker. And during this time, my eating disorder stayed completely dormant because I had other stuff to focus on and kind of let loose with. And Within the first four months of college, I gained 40 pounds. And when I was in high school, I was a little bit um, overweight as well, but I saw a nutritionist and I kind of lost weight, but I definitely went up and down in high school as well, obviously with what I was doing to myself. But um, 
I gained 40 pounds in like the first four months because I had my own refrigerator. I could do whatever I wanted. I was eating pizza and drinking and just doing a bunch of stuff and eating whatever I wanted with no attention to how things made me feel. And that will leave you 40 pounds heavier. And I did not feel good after that at all. I was like, what did I just do to myself? I didn't recognize myself. I didn't fit into any of my clothes. It was something that I honestly didn't even notice was happening until it happened. And then I was like, what just happened? Like, where have I been? I haven't been paying attention. But again, I didn't even know that it was an option to pay attention to your body or pay attention to how you're feeling or your emotions or anything like that. And I realized that it was something that was noticeable, even though I knew my weight. And at this point, I was probably um, almost close to 200 pounds, maybe 10 or 20 pounds away from 200. But I lost my virginity in high school, and I saw the guy that I lost my virginity to maybe on a summer break or something, or some sort of break, um, shortly after I had gained the weight and he was like, I'm not attracted to you anymore. And I was like, Whoa. And that's, you know, I have another, you know, lots of stories with relationships because my feelings of low self-worth and low self-esteem made me attract really horrible, um, verbally abusive and just total you know, I had a relationship with a drug addict, like stuff that I look, looking back now again, so much compassion because I'm not in that place anymore, but there's a reason why all of this happened and why I manifested those things because that's all I thought that I deserved. I thought that I deserved crap. I thought I deserved people that would treat me like garbage because I thought that I I didn't think I deserved anything better because I didn't know any better. I didn't know you could have self-confidence and I didn't know that you could say what you wanted and actually get it. So once he told me that, I remember telling my roommate and she was like, fuck that guy. That is so not true. You, she would always kind of like bring me back to reality, but, um, that really hurt me. And that was kind of a turning point. And I just felt so like, not even physically small, but emotionally small. I don't know if you know what that feels like, but I felt terrible and I was always really quiet and uncomfortable in my body. And at this point I did Weight Watchers, which I was still eating everything at this point. And I should also mention that I did have digestive troubles this whole time. But through Weight Watchers, I lost 40 pounds through portion control. That's kind of how Weight Watchers works. We all know the point system. And again, I was in these horrible relationships and that kind of uh, went on all throughout my college years, even though on the outside, I looked great. Everybody I told, you know, everybody told me I looked awesome. I got a really great job, my first job out of college and something that I was really proud of myself for doing. And I don't know how I did that, but I was able to accomplish it. And that's when I really started like realizing that I could be a person of talent and that I had gifts to give the world. Um, when I first got to that job, I, you know, I was living in Miami and I went to, to college in Gainesville at UF, University of Florida, moved to Tampa for that job. 
and I gained 30 of the pounds back when I went to Tampa because again, I had not looked at any of those issues. I had not um, looked inside to even see anything that was going on. And I would come home from work. You know, I was the first time that I had this full-time job. So I'd come home from work and just kind of like zone out by eating because I didn't think back then and didn't even know that the internal world really governs the outside. So like I was just happy I got a job and that's it. But I didn't think like, do I actually even want this job? Do I like it? Do I, um, can I resonate with, with what this job is about? Do I actually want to do this for the rest of my life? You're not thinking about that when you're younger. It's just like job, money, my own apartment. Okay, let's do it. So I ended up getting laid off from that job, which totally changed the trajectory of my life because had I not been, I would have ended up getting a master's in business and just kind of stayed in the business route and I wouldn't be where I am today. And I was devastated when that happened. So just goes to show you that you might not understand things at the time, but everything can get rigged in your favor if you choose to view it that way. Just a little side note, I used to always say everything happens for a reason, but I feel like nowadays I don't really agree with that anymore because that kind of takes away or actually completely takes away personal responsibility and saying that you can have an impact in your own life. But I feel like we can create our own path with the cards that we are dealt and we can even change those cards, which is really amazing. But I moved back to Miami. I got a new job. I started dating that drug addict that I was talking to you about. And I was living at home and he ended up breaking up with me by, I was kind of living with him at the time I was 23. And I was at my parents' house where I lived for the most part, obviously, Uh, after coming back from Tampa, I was back in Miami and he came to my house, to my parents' house. He said he was going to pick me up. And instead he brought all my stuff from his house and was like, that's it. It's over. And thankfully, thank God that happened because that was not the relationship for me. But of course you don't see that at the time. You're totally devastated and your world has ended because you have a breakup. But I was not in a good place then. After that, shortly after, I had both of my dad's parents pass away uh, and I was just not in a good place. I started my other job in Miami, like I said, and I just really hated it. And I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, I'm in this job that I don't like. My two grandparents just died and was super close to the grandmother that I talked about earlier. I have one living grandma now who I love so much, but my other grandparents were awesome as well. So, and they died within three months of each other. So I had that, I had the breakup, I hated my job. So my bulimia ended up coming back at this time, even though it had been like five years since those behaviors had, had I even thought about them. I didn't even binge in college really at all, except like for the munchies or whatever. Um, or from like eating really late at night, getting home from partying or whatever. But I 
just was not in a good place. I felt so depressed and I didn't know what to do with myself. And I was like, there's no way out of this. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. And I was probably, like I said, like 23 back then. And I was so lost and trapped with what I wanted to do with my life. So like I talked about in my first podcast, I wanted to go to, I've always wanted to do something with food and I decided to go to BU and get my master's and go to cooking school and do something with that that had a combination of like healthy eating with academia and not knowing what the F I was going to do with that, but trusting that this was the right thing for me to do. And once I began school, I felt so much better because I felt like my life had purpose again. I was like, okay, I feel like I'm going, you can tell in life in general, if you're moving towards your purpose or you're not, it's just, you can feel it in your body. At least now at this point, I know that and I can feel it at every moment. I'm like, well, this doesn't work for me. And this really does. So those are indicators that we should always pay attention to. But I, this is when I became aware of Janine Roth's work when I went to Boston, which was also a really huge growing point for me because I had always been surrounded by friends and surrounded by a lot of family, being surrounded by a lot of people that really loved me. And when I moved to Boston to go to school, I knew not one person. And like I was the girl coming from Miami to this cold place, even though I moved there in the summer. So it was kind of like um, an easier transition. But I, it was very hard for me at the beginning. My mom and I, I mean, obviously I didn't have a car up there. And, you know, when my mom and I, my mom came up to move me in and I lived on the fourth floor in in an apartment building and in a little studio and (laughs) my mom and I got home to the apartment building and we had shipped my stuff and all of the stuff was at the bottom floor of the apartment building. My mom and I had to care. And if you've met my mom, she's a tiny person but she's strong as hell. And my mom and I had to carry, like, imagine moving your shit across the country, like how much shit you have, and then having to carry it up the stairs. And then we had to like, we took a cab to Target and like, you know, to get all of the stuff for the apartment and then have to bring it back in a cab, which was just, it was a growing time. It was tough in a sense because I did feel lonely at the beginning, but again, I really felt like I was on that purpose. And like I was saying before, this is when I got introduced to Janine Roth's work. Because at this point, I had really stopped the purging activities. I would still binge, not in the sense of, um, you know, definitely when I was going through my tough time at my job, the bulimia really took full force because it was like, okay, it wasn't like when I was younger, when it was like, oh shit, I did some damage and now I have to do something about it. When I was like 22, it was like, okay, I'm feeling really uncomfortable, so I'm going to eat a lot, and then I'm going to get rid of it all. So it was really like a whole process that I would go through. And that was the end of that period of my life that I ever did that when I was 22, uh, 23. And <clears throat> when I was, I went, I moved to Boston when I was 25, and I would, you know, sometimes I would overeat, let's say, but it was like, 
around social time or like I still had a lot of stuff with sugar back then. So like I would overeat sugar and cake and whatever, but it, it was never like, I never did like compensatory behaviors for eating those things. And again, I found Janine Roth, which was another huge turning point for my life. I don't even know where I heard of her, but thank God. But I read Women, Food, and God, which completely changed my life. I had been still kind of obsessed with um, what am I going to eat? This isn't allowed. This is allowed. I should only eat healthy food. And oh my God, I mean, that noise I know you can relate if you've been through that or you can resonate with what I'm saying. But once I read that book, Women, Food, and God, it totally changed the way that I felt about food. I was like, I can eat stuff, but I don't really have to eat that much of it. I never have to overeat. That's when I really started seeing that I was a worthy person and that I deserved things that I actually wanted and that I had a voice that I could speak up and say what I wanted and that I could stand up for myself and I could say things. Once I read that book, it just totally did another 180 in my life. And I remember after I read that book earlier in the week, I like really wanted some ice cream, but I was like, no, you can't have ice cream because it's bad, whatever. And I remember that day after I read Women, Food and God, I went and got pizza and a Ben and Jerry's uh, chubby hubby ice cream, which I don't think they make anymore, but that is my favorite ice cream. And I ate the pizza and the ice cream and I was like, hmm, I'm good. Like I don't need to eat anymore. I probably took, probably ate maybe half of the pizza and just a couple bites of ice cream and I was fine. And I didn't feel the need to overeat it. And that's what I thought intuitive eating was then. But around that time, I ended up losing weight because I wouldn't eat enough. And I didn't know the proper balance of macronutrients that you should have. You know, your macronutrients are protein, fat, and carbohydrate. And they do work together in the body to create blood sugar balance, to make sure that your hunger and your appetite is in balance as well. And I didn't know any of that back then. Even though I did take some nutrition classes in school, I hadn't at that point. And I was just like, well, I guess eating healthy is eating fruit and beans and uh, yogurt and whatever else. So I would just eat like these really tiny things all day. I was one of those grazers where I would just like take a spoonful of peanut butter, take three bites of eggplant and think that I was full. Literally, that would be a meal. Like I would sit down, I made this eggplant dish, I would take three, three bites and I'm like, well, I guess I'm full now. Like what the hell? And I ended up losing weight. I ended up losing my period. I wasn't eating meat um, around this time, like at all. I really only ever made meat in my apartment once and it was a chicken for my cooking school final. And so I was super malnourished, but again, I didn't know how to nourish myself. I was like, I'm just gonna eat what I want, but not eat that much of it. But again, my body just completely stopped working. I was too thin and it, and I wasn't even trying to get thin. That's the thing. It just was something that happened by listening to my hunger and fullness signals, but obviously I was not listening properly. And that's something that I'm going to teach in food freedom school is kind of how to listen to your body and how to know whether foods work for you and like the quantity and all that. But I had digestive issues during this time as well. I would not go to the bathroom often, still eating everything, 
But throughout this time, I was really having an amazing time in school, being surrounded by amazing people and working my ass off. I also went through a really, really extremely devastating breakup around this time. Looking back, it was five years ago, and I thought like my life was over back then. I was dating somebody who was 12 years older than me, who had two kids and a vasectomy, even though I wanted children. But again, back then, I didn't know that I could actually ask for what I wanted. I was just like, well, I guess this is what I dealt was dealt and I guess it's good enough. So this is the way my life is going to go. So right in the midpoint of grad school, I dealt with that breakup and that was super devastating. But at the same time, that breakup was another catalyst for me because it made me realize my own strength because if the worst thing in the world happened to me, which was that, And I could actually survive and be stronger and be better and kick ass at school and just kick ass in my life, then I could get through freaking anything. And that was the, that mentality really started to grow in my head around this time because the worst thing in the world happened. And I got, and again, I survived it and got better for it. So I just want to commend you if you're going through that again, it's really only in retrospect that things make sense, but they do make sense. And your path is your path and you can always make the best of it. And a little bit later, after I graduated from school, I decided to move to Italy and which I never would have done if that was, if I was still in that relationship, um, because who's going to go away for three months when you're in a relationship, um, when the other person can't come, not a lot of people would do that. And not a lot of people would feel comfortable too, but I had a teacher who said like, you have to do all the things in your life so that you don't have to be the bitter person in the nursing home. And that really resonated with me. And I was like, wow, thank God that this happened because this is the only time in my life that I'm able to be, you know, I don't have, I I still don't have kids, but back then I didn't have a job really. I was just kind of in school and I ended up moving to Europe for three months, working on farms. I did that by myself, like kudos to me. I'm just going to like take a moment because that is tough to move by yourself to a country that you've never been to and to live with these people and to work on a farm. Looking back, it was the most amazing, one of the most amazing times ever, but it was also hard because I was away and everything, but that was such a big growing point for me because I was like, I went through that breakup. I live on a farm in Italy around these people who I feel like are my family now. And I survived it. And it just really made me grow because I realized my capability and I started using my voice more and talking more and becoming more confident by the day at this point. But I was still having my digestive issues around here. I remember one time in Italy, Italy, I didn't go to the bathroom for like nine days which was super painful. I was eating a shit ton of gluten and dairy. And now in retrospect, I can kind of see why I have so many food intolerances because of what I have put my stomach through. Um, but that's another issue for another podcast, food intolerances and food allergies, which I definitely want to touch on because I know a lot of people struggle with that and go through that. So my stomach was not feeling good at this point when I got back from my travels and I got back home to Miami and I started my business immediately. I think within two weeks of coming home, 
I was kind of spreading the word like, hey guys, I'm back. I have a pretty extensive network here in Miami. So people started talking and they were like, well, why don't you come and cook for us? And one family heard, then another family heard. And then soon I just kind of had a full-time business and talk about a confidence maker. Having your own business will do that to you when you're in charge of making your own money and paying your own bills and everything. It will force you to be confident and believe in yourself. But this is when I really found out about paleo. I got into CrossFit. I started eating grain-free. And within a month of going paleo and doing an elimination diet, all of my stomach issues went away. I was like, what the hell is happening here in my body? I had no idea that that was even an option for me. But of course, since... I had not fully 100% dealt with my things that had caused my eating stuff. Um, Of course, when you hear of a diet or a specific way of eating, you want to go hard and you want to go full force ahead with whatever that is. So I was like, well, if I'm doing paleo, I should just paleo harder and I should just not eat any carbs and I should not eat any fruit, even though I'm doing CrossFit. Um... And I restricted like hell and I tried to be ketogenic and which is super low carb, high fat, moderate protein diet. And I felt like shit all the time, even though my stomach was healed. Like I always felt low energy. I was doing way too much exercise at this time. Again, this was probably like 2012. And in that year, I ended up gaining another 20 pounds because I was not feeling my body properly. I wasn't even eating that many calories to gain that weight, but my body was just like in a revolt and it revolted against me. And it was like, you're not giving us enough fuel. So let's just store everything that you're eating because we think you're in starvation mode. And, And I ended up gaining 20 pounds and I did not feel good again. And that's when I was really like, fuck it. If you've heard the food healing timeline, that was my mode where I was just like, F this. Um, even though, even though disclaimer or not disclaimer, but like announcement, I thought that I had healed everything when I was in grad school and I found out about Janine Roth's work. Um, I thought that I could teach people about intuitive eating back then, but I had not fully healed everything and I had not looked at everything. So it had continued to come up and really at this stage was when I was like, F it. I was also binging again around this time in 2012, 2013 and never purging ever. Um, but I was definitely overeating because I was restricting so much. And I was telling myself that I couldn't eat certain things. Like you can't have sugar, you can't have this, you can't have that. And because it was like good, bad, I can, or I can't that noise, not just like an intention of like wanting to feel good, then that was the reason why I was binging because I was telling myself I couldn't have things instead of the alternative, which is allowing yourself to have everything. And then you making deliberate in the moment, thoughtful choices with your food that really allow you to have a good intention for yourself that comes from taking care of yourself. So around 2013, I really started to become more educated about nutrition. I was like, okay, once and for all, if I don't want to rely on somebody to eat, I need to educate myself about nutrition and how the body works 
and how to feel certain exercise because I love exercise just as a mode of feeling alive in your body and for mental health. But not only did I learn about nutrition, but I really just decided to honor my body. I learned to listen to my body and let the chips fall where they may. I began to eat a shit ton more carbs. I began to eat more food um, and really expanding my food to include everything that I loved, which is still gluten and dairy free. I really stick to that um, pretty strictly for the most part, not from a restrictive perspective, but just like reality. This is what makes my stomach feel good is eating this way. So that's really what I stick to now, but there is so much you can eat within that, even though I know a lot of people don't think that like I'm a chef. I know what to make. I know so much about food and I'm super happy with the way that I eat and with, with just food in general. Like it's just not a big deal anymore. I used to be so crazy about it. And if I can get to this place where I am right now, I know that you can. And I'm going to take all of this experience and all of this knowledge and put it into what I'm creating for you. And I've been here for the past three, four years in this place feeling awesome. And I want the same for you as well. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I It was very hard for me to share and to talk about. I actually feel a lot better sharing it and talking about it because I don't, if I'm going to be here talking on this podcast, I have to be authentic and raw with my story. And even though there were a lot of dark places in there, who I am today, I know is attributed fully to who I was back then. Sometimes you need to know who you don't want to be I need to go through so many things and you need to feel like shit, even if it's for a super long time, to know that you can be somebody else, that I went from being a girl, a little girl that didn't even know what confidence was and didn't even know how to honor herself and didn't know how to validate her own self that looked to everybody else for validation to somebody who can confidently speak about what she wants, will not tolerate bullshit from anybody, and who freaking loves herself and takes care of herself and goes to bed at 9 p.m. Like, that is who I am today. Somebody who is so aware of their body and their feelings and knows what works for them, knows what they deserve, and is not afraid to ask for it. And I want the exact same for you. So in this episode, I shared my story, obviously. In the next episode, next week, I'm going to share the lessons that I learned from everything. You guys, be sure to sign up for Food Freedom School. It's starting on January 29th, running to February the 4th. If you want it, it's in the show notes. You can also go to my Instagram profile. Let me know if if this episode resonated with you, if you liked it. So glad I got that off my chest. Bye, you guys. Thank you so much for listening to Heart Food Podcast. To find the show notes for this episode, please visit ashleypardo.com. Follow Ashley on Instagram at Ashley K. Pardo. If you like the show, 
please share it with your family and friends and give us some love by subscribing and giving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes.